0: this thing sort of because it attacks the central nervous system you can tell that there's something off and even though you're battling the thing from a physical and that kind of drags you down a little bit like any day of the week right even if you're really good spirits there was some other gear that covid19 took me it wasn't deep but it was deep enough to go oh wait a minute i am not in a very good place right now and now for something completely different Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. So if it wasn't for copyright issues, I'd be playing like Happy Days Here Again or Celebration or something having to do that. Because as everybody knows, in real time, it's the 11th today of November on this past Saturday. It was actually called... Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. That's all I'm going to say today in terms of politics. I just wanted to say that because I've been in some level of elation for that period of time <clears throat> Even though there are a lot of things happening right now that are trying to subvert democracy and all the Kool-Aid drinkers are just upping the ante and putting more Kool-Aid in the drink. So all that being said, uh, welcome this week to the Surround is Radio Podcast. This is Tony Frame PhD, your host for the past six years and 275 some odd episodes. <clears throat> it's a bit of a personal episode this week uh, and I didn't... Uh, Reveal it last week when I did the show with Mariah, but uh, I am COVID positive. The first symptoms came up on the day before Halloween. It was October the 30th, and I've been battling it ever since. And uh, <coughs> there's going to be a lot of times where it may be a little choppy through this show because I'm going to try to cut out all of the coughing that's going on just so I can kind of get through this. What I want to talk about today is my journey, and the reasons why I want to share this is because there's a lot to learn from my perspective in regards to having it and going through it from a physical and a mental, emotional, and a spiritual perspective on this, because this virus kind of hits you on all those fronts, and it's, again, it's no joke, and I think it's really important maybe to share some of the things that uh, I've come up against and and maybe that'll help either you or if you god forbid you don't get it but if you happen to or if you know somebody who does get it maybe it'll shine a brighter light on what you can do to help in a situation like that so because this virus attacks the central nervous system it's not just the physical symptoms that that are an issue but you also have to deal with significant mental emotional and spiritual issues as well And even though I would consider myself a mild case, I still have been dealing with all those issues on some level. So I thought I'd share this with you, including the precautions I took and how I eventually got it from a very unlikely place. As you know, my daughter kicked cancer's ass last year, leukemia, uh, but she's still taking immune suppressant medication. So which means that she's still very susceptible to a virus like this. So in order for me to be as careful as possible, I have not been around hardly anyone over the last number of months. And I always wear a triple layer mask and I try to do what's best in regards to making sound decisions to stay away from people and going to the store on off hours. And the only people that I do hang out with, are I go back to Vegas and I have a very very small core of friends that I'll go and I'll have dinner with and I'll hang out with they have all tested negative and I also have a friend of mine who just moved out to Vegas from Northern California and I've known him for a hundred years and he is an older guy he's 60 some odd I think he's 64 right now and his brother lives with him while his brother recovers from an injury and he's 70. And they both are very careful with hanging around because they're older and they're in a higher risk category. Well, come to find out, my buddy started a security guard job just the weekend before I met up with him on Tuesday. And it was both Saturday and Sunday, full days. And even though he had the mask on, apparently... That's where he got it, because my daughter and her family, everybody tested negative. Uh, everybody from the group that I hang out with in Vegas tested negative, and the only positive people are myself, my buddy, and his brother got it as well. I actually contracted the virus from like the least likely person, which is a little scary. But again, that's what this situation is. It's uh, hidden. It is very diabolical in terms of who it attaches to and it is not going to play any favorites and you can get it anywhere. So when I came home from Vegas three days after I met up with him, I was doing some work on the podcast, the one from last week, and I was right in the middle of editing that podcast, literally right in the middle of it, and and all of a sudden it hit me. It hit me in a wave of body aches and chills. And I thought, oh God, this is not good. Now for the record, that's not unusual for me. Usually it kind of comes on like that. So I thought, I'm just hoping it's just a a cold or whatnot. But I felt progressively worse to the point where I thought I needed to have a test just to make sure. But i never thought that I would have it. And so I tested the next day and then it was the Sunday, the next day after that, that I got the results back that I was positive. Now, the interesting part about being positive is that your life sort of changes right then and there. You've got a lot of people you have to let know. You have a lot of tracing. It's almost like, and I wouldn't know this personally, but it's almost like getting a herpes diagnosis and having to let everybody else know, oh, by the way, I have herpes, the people that you've been with. It felt a lot like having to come clean on something. And then I thought, well, why am I feeling this way? It just sort of happens and you kind of have to deal with it and move forward. And initially I thought I gave it to my buddy. So I felt really crappy about that. Come to find out, it's reverse. But again, it doesn't matter. So, in breaking the news to everybody, because of the fact that the virus out there, even though most people are surviving it, it's still this deadly unknown thing, and people freak out about it. And there are a lot of people freaked out about it. And uh, I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. It's just you know, some mild symptoms at this point." And the directive from the CDC and from the people in the know. From research and science indicates that if it's not a severe situation regarding your breathing or you have a very, very high fever, which I did not have either of those issues, then it's a matter of just being home, self-quarantining, isolating for 10 days, 10 days. That's the block from the first symptom outbreak. I thought, I right, well, okay, I can do that. And at the beginning, again, it was like a combination of the flu, a cold and like bronchitis because I had a little settled in my chest. And I was speaking to my daughter and she said, well, kid, do you have trouble breathing? And I said, no, it's not about breathing trouble per se. But when I was growing up in Southern California in like the 70s, when we didn't have any smog control at all and we didn't have any of that stuff on the cars, the air would get really bad and we'd have smog alerts in Southern California. And we'd still be outside and we'd be playing and stuff, but they would try to limit that. But the kids usually, you know, we still ran around and stuff. And I remember trying to take a breath after a day of a smog alert and you can just feel it in your chest. You can still breathe okay, but you can, it kind of hurts a little bit when you breathe in. And that's sort of how it felt at the time. I never also ran a temperature I really didn't have a fever, but what it was like was all of that body ache, chills and sweats, uh, the headache, the nausea, the can't sleep. I had this restless leg thing where I would just be up in the middle of the night and my legs just kept moving. I just felt as though I had to keep moving my legs, which was so annoying. Then there's the fatigue and uh, then I got a little bit of a slight fever, but then that went away after a day. I didn't have that major loss of taste at the beginning, but interestingly enough, it came on like six days later. And then tastes changed for me. Things didn't taste the same, or they were muted. It was just really weird. And then that came back and then it went away again. It came back and went away. Then I got a, like a sinus thing where I got nasal congestion and cough. And so, The interesting part about this virus is the fact that it's not a linear progression. It's not like you get a cold, you have certain symptoms, and then you work through those symptoms as you go for the week or so. This thing, it's like a whole grab bag of symptoms and stuff will come up and it'll go away and then you'll feel okay. But then like an hour later, a couple hours later or later that night, then you feel crappy again with a whole different set of symptoms and you can't really put your finger on it. And there's no consistency whatsoever. And then you think, well, okay, this next day I felt pretty good but then I felt lousy the night before. Then you get up and you feel pretty good and then you feel lousy again. It's just the weirdest, strangest, non-linear thing that I've ever done. Nothing has been like this ever before that I've I've dealt with. This is a whole new gig and it's very, very inconsistent. And I'm 55, so I'm in the high risk category age-wise, but I am in really good shape because I just I can't not be it's just one of my body dysmorphia things thank god and it has allowed me to be able to be in a way better position to fight this thing I think and in a way better position from a health standpoint versus most older people who do let themselves go or who don't keep up on working out every single day or who don't do cardio or who don't eat correctly and I can totally see the reasons why they would be struggling hard with this Because even being relatively healthy, this thing is rough, man. I mean, just rough. What this does is things that are even more damaging beneath the physical layer. And that's the things I want to bring up just to kind of give you a heads up on this thing. Because there is psychological and mental stress that comes with battling the coronavirus, Interestingly enough, just yesterday I was reading in Reuters about a brand new study that just came out that was in The Lancet, which is one of the most respected medical journals in the world, and it's from England. And I'd like to read this for you from The Lancet about the different mental health issues that are coming from people getting COVID-19. So what it says is, and what psychiatrists are saying, is that many COVID-19 survivors are likely to be at a greater risk of developing mental illness. And this was after a large study found that 20% of those infected with coronavirus are diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder within 90 days. It said anxiety, depression, and insomnia were most common among recovered COVID-19 patients in the study – and they found significantly higher risks of dementia with the older people that got COVID-19. The study that was published in The Lancet, what they did was they analyzed health records of 69 million people in the United States, including more than 62,000 cases of COVID-19. And in the three months following testing positive for COVID, one in five survivors were recorded as having a first-time diagnosis of anxiety, depression, or insomnia, and that's about twice as likely as for other groups of patients in the same period. I'm not surprised because I have to tell you that even though these the physical things were what they were, and I have uh, being a therapist and having gone through a lot of therapy and having dealt with mild dysthymia and depression issues and all those fun things growing up that if you've listened to this for a long period of time, I've shared a few things about that. I know when stuff comes up and I know when I'm not in a good space and this thing sort of, because it attacks the central nervous system, you can tell that there's something off. And even though you're battling the thing from a physical and that kind of drags you down a little bit, like any day of the week, right? Even if you're really good spirits, there was some other gear that COVID-19 took me. It wasn't deep, but it was deep enough to go, Oh, wait a minute. I am not in a very good place right now. And it didn't drive me to a severe level of depression or it didn't take over in regards to the mental emotional battle that I had to wage because most of my energy still went towards just kind of dealing with the physical stuff, but I still felt it. And I can totally see somebody in a different position in life, somebody that was already unemployed by the whole pandemic issue, somebody that already had personal issues, somebody that already had Mental health issues that they were battling with or dealing with for periods of time, they can be weakened by this thing to the point where they slip into deep, dark anxiety, depression or insomnia. As a matter of fact, I actually had some insomnia as a part of this thing, and I've never had an insomnia situation in my life before. And that's the scary part is the fact that there's these underlying mental health issues that can happen with this virus, even with the people that are going through these mild symptoms. And it's showing up within 60 to 90 days. And I've read at least a couple of research papers that have indicated that there are some long-term chronic issues that are seen now with people that have recovered. And that's the issue here. The mortality rate is going down because they're finding more effective treatments for this, which is fantastic. The vaccine will be coming out. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be soon and it'll be as effective as Pfizer has been saying its it, its effectiveness is. And that's amazing and great, and I hope that happens. But there's still going to be more and more people getting it. The last 10 days, over a million people have been diagnosed with COVID-19. We're at the highest level we've been in the nine months that this thing has started. The hospitals here in the States are now the most packed that they have ever been with COVID-19 patients. This is the third wave, and because it's getting colder and more people are indoors, it's starting to spike. This is not something that's a surprise. It's just sad because we could have had a better handle on things going forward. But that being said, I just want to touch really quick before I head out on the philosophical nature of this virus. And you wouldn't think a virus would get anybody to wax poetic about some sort of a philosophical concept or something. And I'm not going to do that, but the point is is that When you go through something like this and when you're starting to get your mental health issues challenged as well as kind of dealing with this inconsistency and just feeling crappy and then also wondering, wow, I mean, does this mean I can slip into – a coma like overnight. I mean, you've heard stories, right? So there's a lot of that, a lot of that existential threat going on. There's a lot of the being in the now and sense of awareness and also sense of gratitude for just the things in life that matter. And it does. And even though I do gratitude exercises every day, and even though I teach and preach, about grounding yourself and about focusing on the things that really matter in your life and prioritizing things and and loving relationships and the things that matter, not the material stuff. I mean, I, that's like tattooed on my forehead, even though that's the case when this thing calls and the pedals push down, you're like, wow. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is a mortality check. And even though it was mild symptoms, you don't know if it could go worse at like any moment. Because honest to God, you could feel kind of good one minute and then literally the next minute feel like complete crap. So with that possibility in mind, you're thinking, wow, I mean, this, could this thing turn like overnight? I mean, I had my phone on and I had like 911 ready to go just in case i needed to now thank god i didn't get to that point but you know that as a disciple of stoic philosophy and buddhism and really philosophy that grounds you in the now and and appreciation and awareness of what is marcus aurelius came to mind and i just wanted to share a couple quotes that he had in regards to grounding yourself and uh, just living in the now one of his quotes is when you arise in the morning Think of what a privilege it is to be alive and to think, to enjoy, and to love. Another one that I went back to was, accept the things to which fate binds you and love the people with whom fate brings you together, but do so with all of your heart. And to close out the show and my call to action would be a very simple request. And the request is, I'm hoping that Uh, you got something out of this and if you do know anybody or if you are, have already gone through COVID-19 or if you're in it right now to understand that there's a lot going on. And if you do need support, if you do need help, if you do need anything, you know, there, there is a possibility that there could be some mental health issues that are going to be happening there. Please reach out and please get to those people that uh, whom fate will bring you together with and do so with all of your heart. The second thing is if you know of anybody who has COVID-19 or who has had COVID-19, These are the things that are happening and maybe it'll give you a better sense of understanding and empathy in moving forward and understanding and realizing that even though maybe they've gone through their 10 days or their 14 days, they still may be dealing with things and they may not reach out to you because people don't want to burden anybody or bother anybody as well as they just don't want to let anybody know they're having mental health issues. I mean, it's still a stigma, even though it shouldn't be, but it is what it is. So knowing that, maybe checking up on them or understanding that they're going to go through this thing for a long period of time. And if we can all get to a better level of understanding about this, if we can all just push aside this dismissiveness attitude from that orange moron. So it's very, very, very important, like anything, to have your small tribe, to trust in your small tribe. And also to let them know that this is more of an ongoing long-term issue and three months out, you could be dealing with anxiety, depression, or insomnia. And if you do, then please, please, please go get help. We're learning more and more about it every single day. The more we learn, the better we're going to get to deal with this. I'm hoping that the things that we've learned in the study that I just referenced from The Lancet that it came out like two or three days ago, maybe that will help you as well going forward or anybody else in your life that may happen to have this terrible virus. I hope things are good. I hope you're good. And if you're not, or if you want to talk, please feel free to get a hold of me. It's Tony at javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D. If you want to go to the website, you can go to the website. It's javabud.com. J-A-V-A-B-U-D. Take care of yourselves. Be responsible. Wear a damn mask. And I will talk to you soon.